listening to It's Complicated with your hosts, Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. Master Daters, welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm not Jen. <laughs> no, every time it makes me laugh. It's funny because we have a little outline here that we follow for our show so we don't get off track, although we still do. And it still says in the outline that I am somebody else and that doesn't say not Jen. And it's really weird because we should have switched that up by now. But I still do not <laughs> abide by it. I know. Well, that's why I think we leave it there because every week it's up to you to decide who you are. Yeah, but I'm still the same not person every week. You're definitely not Jen. That's for sure. Yes, I am. Um, but it's still a mystery as to who you are. Yeah. Um, but speaking of who we are, we are your resident best friends and we're here to help you along your relationship journey. You guys, we are making it fun. We are your own little fun fairies. We bring joy to the process. We're trying to sprinkle love dust all over the place because we know that dating takes a village and we're your dating community. And we bring you this show weekly with our stories, tips, and expert guests to help you navigate the complicated world of dating and relationships. So help us in the podcast world by doing your part and rating our show. And also, while you're there, leave comments about what you think. So find us at It's Complicated Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Spotify now, too. And don't fret if you're having trouble getting all of our episodes sent right to you. Just unsubscribe and resubscribe again. Don't forget to resubscribe. That way, everything just gets sent right to you. We make it way less complicated because we already know how much everything else is complicated. And we just love hearing from you guys. We get some messages on Instagram and some ratings and some comments and five stars. It's very much appreciated. We love seeing our loyal audience and fan base, and we're going to bring you fabulous offers and all of it just help help keeps everything running over here in our village. So thank you for contributing to the dating village of It's Complicated. We love you if you don't know that already. Yes, we do. You should know that. Yes. So today we have co-founder of The Safe App in to discuss how the app helps empower the sexual sexual health revolution while making the world a safer and more fun place to be. How to make your STD status a more digestible dating topic. Ooh. Mm. And hello, why safety is sexy. I mean, you wouldn't think it is, but it is. And we're going to get to why. Oh, yes. Okay, so Lauren Weiniger is the co-founder and chief operating officer of SAFE, a connected diagnostics company initially focused on sexual health. Their debut product, the SAFE app, enables people to verify their STD status for potential partners and access the lowest costing testing on the market. So in case you don't already have somewhere you're going to go get tested, they provide that for you. It's super easy. Users can import their STD results from almost any doctor, clinic, or lab for free. And then you use those to show your verified status privately on your phone. More than an app, SAFE is a movement, a coalition of influential supporters on a mission to disrupt the spread of STDs in our lifetime. Which, by the way, it's like major. I mean, I'm sure she has stats and things, and that's probably where this came about. But like, people don't talk about it. And I think that's why this is so helpful, because people should talk about it. But I almost forget people have STDs, because you don't really hear about it in the news so much. 
though, yeah. isn't it? It's like more prevalent in popu- in certain populations than others and certain like races than others. And it's mostly because people are not telling people about it. They're, yeah. they're not disclosing the information. So they're passing it on from person to person. Also there, were, I think once on our show, we talked about how like there was a whole like epidemic of like closeted gay men who were giving STDs to their wives and their wives were like, what the hell, where am I getting this from? Yeah. And it was actually because they were having unprotected sex, like secretly with men and also not coming out. So anyway, yeah. there was that whole thing. So this is a great opportunity to talk about staying safe and why it's cool so we don't get, you know, the diseases oh, and things. And that's uncool. That's so uncool. So if you can prevent it, like no one likes having the cold. You try and not get that. Why yeah. are you going to try and get this other thing that might stick with you forever? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So prior to founding SAFE, Lauren was among the first employees of TAU Investment Management, an impact-focused PE fund based in New York City. She also previously founded Growth City and oversaw a portfolio of healthcare startups for Abraxas Bioscience, which was acquired by Celgene for just a mere $2.3 billion. No big deal. Um, an NBA graduate of Oxford University, which is also not that big of a deal, Lauren <laughs> serves as, as an advisor to several companies from startup through growth, including Glow Concept, Winky Lux, GTV, and Mash and Grape. She's also a founding member of Dreamers Doers, an ambassador to Breakout, and a member of Summit Series and Milken Young Leader Circle. So she's definitely accomplished and knows what she's doing. And we cannot wait to discuss this topic with her because it the the reason why this topic is a topic is because people are afraid to discuss it. They're mm-hmm. afraid to tell you their status and talk about STDs. It's embarrassing. It's all these things. Well, we're going to help figure out how to remedy that. Oh, yes. Speaking of remedies. So I'm big on remedying uncomfortable situations with potential suitors. So I recently ended it with a guy I went out with twice. And I had a bit of a spidey sense with him. I talked about it last week um, with Dan on the show. And so I gave him my usual stock messaging that I tailor, of course, to each person. And his response was so salty and very much like have a nice life. He was like, after two dates, haha, wow, okay. And then he's like, yeah, best in life. So anyway, the point is, I sensed that there was a lot beneath the surface in terms of his emotions and stability. And he showed his true colors. So yay me. Um, In other news, I spent the day at a museum with a girlfriend and her baby. And I just really love how much balance she has in her life and prioritizes our friendship and makes time to fit it in whenever she can in her new phase in life. And I talked about her before because she's the one that I went on the trip with and she was like pumping and drinking wine at the same time. And it was great. Um, Meanwhile, pumping not to give that milk to the baby, just to be clear, she was (laughs) dumping it. (laughs) Um, But I love how she was multitasking because she was like, nothing's going to stop my fun with my gals. So she's just made it so seamless in terms of incorporating these changes into her life and in our lives as well, her friends' lives. Um, and it just feels like we've got this like little best friend baby along with us. It doesn't actually feel that different because um, the friend has created a situation where like almost everything's the same except this cute thing's hanging out with us that has a schedule that we're just a little bit on more yeah. than before. And the baby doesn't talk yet and just doesn't really crawl or move. So that makes it easier. Totally. Like it'll she's a, a great little, listener. Yeah, it'll change a little once that baby starts moving around. But it's right now that's great because it's just like a little pet. Exactly. She's a cute pet. And also I've got a lot of trips up 
coming, um, like going to Miami during Super Bowl weekend. So that's going to be really fun. I might find a husband. I might move to Miami. We don't know. I'm probably I, not going to move to Miami, but there's stone crabs there. So I like that. I mean, listen, there's technology and, you know, things can happen no matter where we're all at, including dating, like long distance relationships. Those things occur. Exactly. You, think, you so, don't think they could, but technology helps with all of those things. So that could be on the agenda. Um, I've been doing adulting things. It's funny, like when you're like, oh, we're having a baby. Like, what do we need to do? Like, I mean, sometimes you don't need to look at houses or move. But in my situation, I do because the place that we're currently in is way too small for even like a tiny human to be in. It's just no extra room at all. So um, it's fun to look at houses and start the house hunting thing, but it's stressful. I will say, though, it is much less stressful feeling like I'm doing it with the right person. So but it's just so stressful. I mean, it's like so overwhelming. And then finding the house and putting the offer in is like the least of your worries. Once that goes down, it's like you don't even never have seen this amount of paperwork in your life. It's like. I, and you know me with the fucking documents and the, all the language. It's like, so this escrow officer who was like been doing this for 20 years and dissecting this contract that makes zero sense. You're sending it to me, the girl who's like, what in the actual fuck (laughs) is this? And I'm supposed to like check yes or no, if I'm going to put a lean on the investment with my trust and the blah, blah. I'm like, I don't even know what any of this means. It's anyway, terrifying, but it's fine. It's very adulting. And thank God there's professionals to guide along the way. Um, and within all of this, we're thinking about having a baby moon, which is the stupidest word ever. So I'm just going to say vacation before the baby comes. <laughs> um, because it's like Beyonce. I, you know, ugh. We've worked out a way to potentially do something where we're staying like at a friend's house in another city. So like, it's just a plane ticket, but I mean, and I think it's very important to have moments where you focus on like the core of your relationship when a baby comes like, you know, it's like being on an escalator that like you're walking up when it's coming down. And if you stop moving and stop focusing on your relationship, you go down really fast. You don't just stay in place. So it's, I think it's important to focus on the relationship and have this like trip before the baby. But I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's very stressful because there's no time. So TBD on that, but we're aiming to do a trip before baby. Love that. And I love that you make a point to have that special time between you and James because obviously those moments are to be cherished and they go away. Yeah, they do. But, but you have to make the effort to have them resurface. And-, and we can mark it with something special if we don't go on the trip. And then we can do the trip maybe after the baby if it gets lost in the shuffle. Because this is, I mean, we might not have a choice. Life sometimes comes in and takes over. And if there's renovations happening, we have to be in the location. Then maybe we just don't get to go right now. But, you know. We're aiming to at least know that it's something to focus and prioritize, at least that. So Absolutely. And yeah. also, apparently, after a baby's born, it's like the easiest time to travel with them. True. Not like right after Although, when it's like out the womb, but like yeah. however many months later, like our friend went to Italy with yes. her baby three months after and yeah. said it was actually quite easy. Yes, I'm sure once they have a little bit of a pattern, but I would hope that this trip could happen without any of the children in the vicinity 
That's yeah. just my hope. I Who knows? can't say that I blame you. Yeah. Um, but you will figure it out and update us, of course. I will. Yay. She created an app that makes talking about safety before you jump in between the sheets easy and sexy. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Yay. 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 You're here. How's it going, guys? Things are going great. We are just over here trying to uncomplicate the crazy world of STDs and communication, neither of which are easy for anybody. This, I mean, dating and relationships are complicated enough. This is like such a complicated topic. So your app and all of that definitely helps, you know, open up the dialogue and make it less complicated. So... First, we're going to ask you a couple of questions about you, though. Uh, What is your relationship status, single, taken, or it's complicated? Uh, I am taken as of uh, about nine months ago. Um, was single, I don't know, but also for the last uh, few years. But I'm uh, recording this from my boyfriend's place in San Francisco. Um, And uh, yeah, I'm a taken woman. (laughs) Great. Awesome. How did you guys meet? Um, well, it started as um, my uh, my one of my best friends who I call my gay husband. Um, it started working for him, uh, so it started as I'm sorry I fucked your boss. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I didn't expect it to become anything more than that at the beginning, um, and then uh, I live in LA, so this is a long distance uh, relationship, uh, not that long of distance, but still, uh, and then. He would come down and or I would come up and um, partly because of that, uh, when he was coming down, he'd be staying with me. When I would be coming up, I'd be staying with him. And so it's uh, probably because it's, it's progressed very quickly because um, we almost it's almost like we live together, but in two different cities. Uh, and now we just try to kind of time our travel so that we're in those cities around relatively the same time. Yeah, long distance, we always say, and, um, I, you know, Jen and I have both experienced long distance relationships, and we know like a large percentage of the population has, especially with like technology today, and a lot of our listeners have, but it is a good point. I feel like long distance relationships, yes, when you're together, you're like living together, but moreover, when you're not together, communication is the only connection you have, and you have to get really good at it, and you have to keep in touch with each other and check in, and or you should. It makes it easier, I think, and it really does escalate, I think, and like speed up the process for sure. Yeah. It's also, you know, when you're living in the same city, um, then anytime you're not together you're choosing not to be together whereas when you're long distance every you don't get to see each other for the most part so then when you're together you're with each other as much as you can and it's also when you're far away you're you're talking on the phone and or texting so you're choosing to take that time and but you also especially at those beginning times get your alone time and I think it honestly is easier with we have so much so much choice and so much going on and whatnot and so it's it's like honestly I, I I don't know if I could have become this happy in a relationship this quickly with somebody who did live in LA because then one or the other is choosing to not hang out at any one point in time but we need our time to do our own shit yeah absolutely I, I agree to that totally I've been in more than one long distance relationship and I liked my own alone time for sure so it's definitely helpful and it's, people should not shy away from it I think even like LA, San Francisco is, 
an easy one because it's not super far away, but you know, you can make it work. Otherwise, I think no matter how far away you are, it's just takes a little bit more effort, but I think long distance relationships should not don't sleep on them because yeah, they, they are kind of, especially today. And we know you're like a very busy professional woman too. So you have your own thing going on as well. And there's gotta be time carved out for that. So I think it, it sounds like the perfect situation for you guys. It really is. Um, and, uh, and it's funny, I, three of my four long-term relationships actually did start out uh, long distance in some way. And I think that there's kind of a lot to that, um, again, for the same kind of reason. But it means that you're really taking the time to to spend time with that person and get to know them. And also, when you're dating someone in the same city, it's, you go, you know, you might go on dates and whatnot, but you're, you know, you're going on dates, you're going to dinner, you're having small talk and you're having sex. Whereas when you're long distance, you're having these like long phone conversations. So you're getting into kind of serious and deeper conversations that you might not get into as quickly otherwise. Yeah. You know, and speaking of long distance, since we're on the subject, people have like, like different perspectives on it. One is that it's like a greater way to get to know somebody and obviously shows that somebody is more serious about it because you're making the effort and it's also harder at times because you don't get to be with somebody when you want to be with them. Mm -hmm. So you're choosing to be with that person. It's like a even more a sign that you are selecting that person. Whereas other people think that like a long distance relationship is because people are afraid of commitment. So it's like easier for them to run away in the other direction when they feel like it. And it's keeping somebody at arm's length or literally a distance. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nice to hear why you find this works for you and all of the benefits because it's healthy. You have like balance related to it. You've made it work with your schedules and you're both putting in the effort. I also think, I think they're both true. And it doesn't mean that one or the other is wrong even for the relationship, I will freely admit that I was an absolute commit, commitment phobe. Uh, and so was he before. But partly because of that, we were able to kind of more naturally with fewer big consequences and in, in bigger um, sort of uh, stipulations and whatnot uh, be together. And because we we're both noticing that we were choosing to have the conversations and talk on the phone at night instead of going out with someone else, uh, that kind of thing. It meant more. Yeah. It's all based on, it sounds so like everyone says it, but it's just based on communication. Like everything, any type of relationship is important to have a really good communication foundation. And like, that's probably, I would imagine where, you know, a lot of that comes into this app that you created. So, well, first and foremost, we're going to talk about the app, but wait, I have a question. Did you... (laughs) use the app on your boyfriend oh yeah uh it was honestly one of the early signs like okay I like this guy but obviously anyone that I was dating had to use the app there was the joke I'm like well I'll just be a one woman biz dev machine here if I need to but um absolutely he uh without me even having to ask him he you know he obviously knew what I did and um one of the earlier times that we hung out he produced his safe app showing that he had gone and he actually got tested through us and um uh he knew what to do and and that's why things progressed to the next level 
Right. Well, also, who doesn't love a fan and somebody that cares about what you do and like looks into it? But I love that he showed you his results. Yeah, too. win win. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I also so you know before we were together, I was on. I, when I say literally all the dating apps, literally all of them, not even as I, I almost never went on actual dates, but it was um, particularly at the beginning, such an amazing place for customer development and research because I put in my profile, Hey, I'm Lauren. I'm founder of the safe app. You're on here. You should probably use it. Winky face, something like that. And so the majority of the inbound things, which you know, it's all inbound pretty much is like, Oh, either most of them were, wow, what a great idea. Or wait, how does this work? Like they're, I'm asking, they're asking questions that I'm answering. And, you know, at the beginning, it really helped me to get an even better idea of, okay, what are the kinds of questions that people will have? What do I need to make really clear and how we're describing that? And then as it became out, a lot of people were saying, Hey, like I use this, like this kind of thing. So, um, it's, it's been really cool, uh, and interesting being both, you know, I'm the founder, but I created the company because I wanted it to exist and I I was a user. I'm not using it actively in that way uh, anymore, but um, and being able to then communicate so with people that are has been really valuable. Absolutely. So now we think this app is invaluable. So can you tell everyone how it works and how it came to fruition? Uh, absolutely. So so, you know, in a nutshell, um, as I believe you said, the Safe app lets people show their verified STD status on their phone and cheapest, easiest way to get tested uh, and soon also treated. So there's two flows. So the idea is that when you're in that situation right now, it's hopefully you're asking, have they, have you been tested? But there's no real proof and it's it can be awkward and how we'll to bring it up and um, the verification is is impossible or or just very difficult. So there are two flows. Either you've already been tested. So say you went to your gyno, I went to my doctor, he went to a clinic, whatever have you. You can import your results, so your health records, for free from wherever you were last tested. So that means if you're like, hey, have you been tested? And they're like, yeah, like, cool. Show me your safe app. Um, And there's no excuse not to have it. Uh, And we do this, we kind of integrate it in with all the health systems and uh, lab records. Um, I won't go into the whole technical side, but can if that's of interest, which I doubt it is here. So you can show it on your phone. Or if you need to get tested or retested, Safe also is uh, the cheapest option on the market. So for the full test panel, it's only $99 if you're paying out of pocket. Or you can um, uh, use your insurance and it's generally covered. Uh, You just pay your copay. Um, it's also really nice because it's a lot easier and takes a lot less time and awkwardness because you can skip the whole doctor's visit. Um, so there's a little questionnaire in the app that basically mimics a doctor's visit. And it asks you the same questions your doctor would ask. Uh, you know, are you sexually active? How many partners? Um, do you use intravenous drugs? These other questions that help um, uh, us identify you know, risk levels. In general, we just need to do that so that insurance will cover it. Um, and it charts medical necessity. Then you just go and you book an appointment uh, at a lab. There's uh, about 30,000 across the country, Quest and LabCorp. It's the same places that your doctor would be sending you. Um, and then uh, you go in, it's about 15 minutes in and out. You can generally book same day or next day, and you get your results uh, in the phone. And if anything is out of range or positive, then one of our physicians uh, will call you and talk you that process and prescribe uh, medication as necessary. Great. Okay, so then... 
that all seems pretty simple. And clearly through the interface of the app, it's like explaining to people what to do. And it's, it sounds very user friendly, but then you mentioned that you said, show me your safe app. So like all of that legwork is done, or let's say it's not. And someone says that to you, or you're going to say it to somebody and that other person doesn't know what it is. Do you then, is that like, how do you maybe broach the awkwardness? Cause if, the safe app was just something like Google, which I'm sure you hope that it eventually is, then no, it doesn't need an explanation. Just everybody knows what it is. But how do you then say, oh, it's this app that, you know, whatever your explanation is, what if people are nervous about explaining that? How would they broach that in like a kind of sexy, nonchalant way? What, what I've heard a lot of, there's the ways that we are pushing, but what I'm hearing is what people are saying is, hey, like there's this really cool new app that you should try. And we added a feature recently that lets people actually share their status with others. So they'll just uh, text the link to their status um, to that person. It doesn't show up in that person's phone. We're very, you know, privacy is very important and we're fully HIPAA compliant and all of that. But what that link will do, will take them to, if they already have the app, it'll open up the app and that person's status will pop up. It's kind of like Snapchat where it um, pops up if you put your finger on it, but then it goes away once when you take that off so that you can't screenshot it, etc. Or if they don't have the app, then it prompts them to download it and then they can look at it, but only within the app. Interesting. Okay. So now you said people can't screenshot it, but like, let's say I have the app and my profile is up. Could I screenshot my own information and like text it to somebody? Who's to say someone's like not going to send their own information a different route? You can absolutely, you can screenshot your own status. Um, we made it so that, uh, your, your actual information, your profile photo, your name is never shown on the same screen as your status because we don't want malicious screenshots. That said, people actually are already screenshotting just those records and sending it. We even had um, um, a few users were requesting that we make it printable. Um, there's reasons why we're not doing that, but I love that they actually hacked it essentially for their like for a positive way and they um, screenshotted their own personal statuses and uh, printed it out and laminated it so that they could take it around at Burning Man and show people. Wow. And the lamination is key because that gets real dusty over uh-huh, there. Exactly. Um, and it's funny because the company came out of Burning Man, so that was a very... Oh, um, <laughs> and, the, and I mean, the goal is to stay within the app and share the information within the app, obviously. But yeah, it, it is kind of cool that people ha- like hacked it in a way, but for good because yeah. obviously just still using it to show status and share and try to be healthy. Exactly. So that's the most important thing. We want people to be able to share their status. That's, that's the point of it. But we also have to balance that with privacy and um, not having people that don't want their status to be shown. Like a common misconception is that there, that somebody could just look up your status because, you know, it is very sensitive and private data and, um, so there's no like registry where anybody could look anybody up. If you are choosing to show your status when or if you want to. If you do not want to, you do not ever have to. Uh, but there are these ways that you can show people either on your phone within the app or you can screenshot just that status part. It's just not linked to your profile or name. That, that makes a lot of yeah. sense. And of course, it's the things we don't think about because we're not like people that are experts in like HIPAA and stuff. But that makes a lot of sense not having somebody's name and likeness with their same results on the same screen. So what inspired this app? Because, 
you know, we're living in this digital generation where there's an app for everything. And also we're meeting strangers on apps. So was it born from that or something else? Um, it's a mixture. It's, it's something that I, you know, as somebody who was single and dating always wanted to exist. Um, it's an issue that's been always very close to my heart. Uh, my cousin died of uh, AIDS when I was younger. Um, so it's something that I've been always aware of. Um, but yeah, it came out of, you know, the real impetus. It did come out of Burning Man. Um, my co-founder and I have been friends for many years, um, had been at that point, And we decided we we're going to go to Burning Man our first time. We were camping together with uh, another friend of ours whom uh, he had just started dating at the time. And she, like many people, will only have sex with you if you've been tested and she wants to see proof. And so he was supposed to have gotten tested. He made an appointment at his doctor. Um, it was, you know, two-week kind of wait. That's fine. Then uh, he had to cancel. He couldn't make it. Long story short, he couldn't make it happen. He didn't get tested. And she was really pissed because you know, he wanted to have sex at Burning Man. Um, and so it got us all talking. You know, why is it so hard to get tested? Why is it so expensive a lot of times? And why has there never been an easy, not so awkward way to verify someone's sexual health status? Um, and, you know, SEDs at that point had reached an all-time high in the U.S. Uh, now it's been the fifth year in a row. And we decided that we should probably do something about it. Um, at first, it was really a side project. It was not, I didn't know much about this whole industry, but as we started peeling back the layers and seeing how fucked up it was, but also seeing that just then, it actually would be possible. Um, there had been some changes in the laws and um, and inbounds and um, in, like, innovations, technologically speaking, within healthcare in particular. And I kind of started just socializing the idea and it was one of those things that kind of fell into place so easily. Um, I ended up getting introduced to the uh, the CDC, who um, uh, several of their top level people got on board. Uh, we got the partnership with Quest uh, right away, and things started falling into place from there. So I uh, decided that this is something that was just then possible, and more important then than ever, and more important now than ever before. Um, and you know, because because rates have gone down significantly the AIDS crisis happened people used condoms and um were very afraid and uh we didn't we didn't see uh the need for a little bit there as much as we do now and then um it's called the tinder effect in public health circles but the dating apps happened so instead of meeting a stranger at a, or somebody at a bar or through a friend you're, you're meeting a complete stranger and they're meeting a complete stranger and so this like epidemiological effect is just exponential and so um, it's it's really uh, grown and uh, skyrocketed. So it was a great time to make it happen. And we did. Amazing. And also, so speaking of the Tinder effect, obviously, we talk a lot about dating apps on this show. Like, are there any specific ones that are going around more now than before? Like, what are the like, hot STDs that <laughs> People are contracting these days. Yeah, the, the popular term, the STD. <laughs> the STDs. Um, well, there's the ones, so there's the, you've got the curable STDs, and then we've got the chronic STDs, which are all treatable, right? Um, so HSV, which is herpes, uh, one and two. One has historically been your oral herpes. Two has historically been your genital herpes. That said, there's a, a good amount of crossover uh, between them. That's happening more than ever. Um, that's risen significantly um gonorrhea is probably though the 
the thing that's keeping the CDC up at night is gonorrhea right now because historically it was super easy to cure and it still is to the most part now for the most part now but um it's become more and more antibiotic resistant and so most gonorrhea is resistant to the there were three drugs that could uh cure it and almost all is resistant to the first two and now there are several there's there's one strain rather that is resistant to the last one so it's completely antibiotic resistant um and this is starting to happen more and more and when this happens this happens fast um and so when we don't have a way to cure something we don't have a way to cure it quickly cheaply uh that's when things get really out of control um hiv is is not a death sentence anymore uh and it has in many cities gone down uh significantly it was actually the first year last year that there were zero new transmissions of hiv in san francisco because san francisco has been amazing at uh with programs that fund prep and pep which is think of them like birth control for uh hiv if you take this pill every day you're probably not going to contract hiv if you even if you sleep with somebody with it or if you take it the morning after you're very unlikely to contract it afterwards but in many 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 cities and in many communities that um that haven't been so good about it probably in like Harlem and Compton you've seen rates particularly among uh women rise very dramatically and why do you think that is um there's some cultural reasons and lack of access to uh to care so prep is very expensive um and also many doctors are um honestly just a bit judgy about it uh similar to if you've ever had the experience of your doctor judging you about getting on birth control or uh on that question that you fill out about how many sexual partners have you had uh i i know i have and many people have had that experience of feeling that judginess of the doctor not wanting to get them on whatever it would be beneficial um a lot of them are also just not even informed about it you'd be amazed by how many doctors don't even know it exists um but particularly with prep um being you know it's uh been very it's been mostly uh, marketed and available to the gay male community but if you're in you know rural rural Iowa and uh it there's a, still a ton of homophobia around and uh other kind of judgy issues it might not be possible to even get access to it and even if you do get access to it you might not be able to afford it because there aren't necessarily programs out there that are known available and funded uh to get people to it um you that's why you're seeing a lot of the 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 large increases it's not that we don't have the tools to completely fight this like we say our our mission is to end the spread and stigma of STDs in our lifetime we have all of the tools to do that now this is so preventable but what we're not seeing is that it's happening because between um you know quote family planning funding going to absence only uh education and not to programs that give people tools to arm them given their lifestyle that are just just reality uh if people don't have access to things that prevent and treat then um they're not able to really navigate within this structure i think just starting the conversation about <clears throat> even prep and just knowing that it's there mm-hmm. it where this all begins and trust us we are fully aware that doctors like while they're doctors they there are some certain type of doctors that don't have or know information and i even remember like you know and rules change all the time too a doctor you know the shaming thing like she mm-hmm. made me feel like i was incredibly crazy for mm-hmm. asking for a pap smear and a total exam mm-hmm. when 
the when it was around the time where the rules had just changed regarding that not needing to happen for um like every year but now it's every three years and um and you know I I do know that there is kind of a loophole with this though because obviously if you're sexually active then you can get any of these tests from your doctor if you just go in and say I had sex I had unprotected sex or whatever your story is you could make it up like I my boyfriend cheated on me and I need to get tested whatever then they test you you can also use that to get the exam as well the pap smear and the whole exam um the annual exam or they called it an annual exam now it's a every three years. But if you do want to do that, you can. So just there's also certain language to, you know, tell to your doctor, don't trust that they're going to know everything. And now if we start the conversation about prep and stuff like that, then at least you're asking, you have to be an advocate for your own body. Well, and it, it, there's so many layers to it too, that are just so many messed up. So, cause it's also about getting it paid for, right. And, um, the insurance companies won't pay for things that they don't absolutely have to. And so you, your doctor knowing what they should be putting in, they're called like MPT codes, but um, if they don't put the right code in, then you're going to get charged for that, even though you shouldn't. Like they're supposed to be funding uh, and paying for preventative care, the care that you need if you are at risk in any way. And at risk in any way includes um, you know, having unprotected sex. But if uh, if you don't have them put the right code in, then you will be charged, for instance, like a well women's visit. I personally got charged like $1,200 for an STD test at one point um, because it was put under a well women's visit as opposed to just, you know, this is something that it's a preventative measure. Uh, if there was any sort of close to at-risk behavior, even protected sex, like it's, it's condoms are great. They do not protect against everything. So... So then what are you supposed to say? Um, what's the language? Because you're obviously very knowledgeable about this. If you want to get tested and you're going in on your own um, and you want to get STD tested, but you want your insurance to cover it, you just say to the doctor. You need I- to have a, 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 something that puts you at risk. So okay. you want it. And that's, that's, prob- that's what happens a lot of times is that people don't want to admit to their doctors, even if it's not that risky but if you feel at all worried about it that's an at-risk thing that means insurance should be covering it but the doctor has to put it under that category and not under the oh i'm just doing this for my own like mental health being um wrong with that but so you need to be able to chart some kind of risky behavior so the answer to the question of are you do you have any symptoms have you had any encounters that could have uh, had been positive for something. There needs to be something that they can chart this medical risk necessity. Got it. Now, in terms of stigma and also judgment, going back there, um, let's just say someone shows somebody else their safe app and it shows that they do have some sort of STD, um, whether it's curable or it's current or it's in the past, anything that you know shows some sort of positive remark for having an STD, do you have any language in the app that educates people how to discuss that? Or like, is there some sort of stock messaging that's like how you can finesse it so they don't judge you then for that? Well, even though they're on the app and should not judge you because they are they have their own results too. Yeah. But, you know, how does somebody handle that? Absolutely. So there's, so, okay. So if somebody tests positive for something that is curable, then the very strong recommendation is get treated because you can just get treated and let's not uh, just pass it along to somebody else um, so that, so you should abstain from sex during, you know, it's, it's, it's a round of antibiotics or generally a shot and um, 
and you'll be fine in a few days to uh, two weeks. Um, if you're managing a chronic infection, so now we're talking about HIV or HSV. Uh, so these are all manageable now. So if you have HIV and you, um, with modern medicine, there there's a cocktail that you can be on and the vast majority of people that are living with HIV are, as long as they are keeping up on their treatment, you can be positive but undetectable. That means that you are positive for the virus, but your viral load is so low that it is undetectable and it is not impossible. So you, you know, both the both parties need to be informed absolutely uh, to verify whether that risk is. Also, prep can then be the other side of that. Um, but the the app then allow is a tool to have that conversation. Um, I'll I'll talk about HSV two next. But what I will say is that many of our biggest supporters are actually HIV or HSV two positive because. They love that the app is this tool to have that conversation because one of the hardest things is bringing this up and not being able to talk about it. So we have content um, both written and uh, we just started, um, we just released a couple of videos and we're releasing a bunch more on having that conversation with your partner. And what does that look like if you're positive? And what happens, how do you deal with it if you're somebody who's not positive and doesn't have a lot of experience with this and you're with somebody who is? And what does that mean? What are your risk levels? How do you communicate it um, either way? Um, you know, Valtrex is for HSV2 extremely effective. Um, you are generally uh, most contagious, um, uh, most, you know, at risk for passing the virus on during viral shedding. Uh, that may or may not mean you're having an active outbreak, uh, but Valtrex is extraordinarily great at suppressing that. So there's tools for all of these things. Um, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't take all of the awkwardness out. I don't think that's ever entirely possible, but it can, takes a lot out. And when people realize that, they can manage their own risk levels and risk tolerances. And if you use the tools that all, all of these tools that are at our disposal, it is possible whether you are positive or not and trying not to be, uh, to be with somebody either way and actually manage that risk fairly effectively. Yeah, I think it's up to some people to, you know, you've got to take some responsibility here and do some educating on your own. But a lot of that starts with just, not making this topic more digestible. And so this is sort of twofold because I think people ignore it because they're like embarrassed about it and they don't want to talk about it. So they don't research it because they know it's not going to come up and they're not going to need to like discuss the topic. But if the safe app is there and exists, it kind of helps take some of the awkwardness out of it. It also gives information. And then it puts two people in the same position. Like we're both on here. We're both talking about this. We're both open about it. It's part of how to make it more digestible. But of course, always you need to definitely educate yourself on what you can do, what this STD is and what it means and how to treat it and what, you know, how not to spread it most importantly. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, being on the app and being on the same page as somebody is like half the battle. Absolutely. You know, and HSV2 has been probably the most interesting because it is, it's fairly complicated. The tests are not, not that they're not accurate, but they're not always as informative as you might like. Um, there are actually very accurate tests that we're going to, we're trying to get to market uh, faster, get available to the public a lot faster. But the most common uh, and available uh, tests, they test for antibodies, which you could have test positive for HSV2 and never have an outbreak, which is a problem. That's why the guidelines say um, actually to not test for them. So when you go to your doctor and you're like, hey, test me for everything, they're not going to test you for herpes. They 
will only test you for herpes if you specifically ask for it or if you specifically say that you have had an outbreak or are worried that you've had an outbreak or that you have definitely had an encounter with somebody who is positive. But, you know, for me personally, I just wanted to know um, either way. And I wanted to know so that I would know if there was any risk that I could pass it on to somebody else. Um, and I was personally shocked when I kind of realized this. And I was, uh, it was really when I, when I was starting the company and I was digging in on all these guidelines. So I went to my doctor and I was like, uh, like, wait, have I been tested for this before? And it turns out I hadn't. And um, to be honest, I mean, statistically speaking, I was like, well, I, I must. Um, somehow didn't, you know, and that's fine. I would have been able to deal with it either way. Um, but that's part of the problem. Like we, because the stigma is so high now, it means that the reasons the guidelines are saying don't is because the psychological damage of someone testing positive, and even if they may or may not be contagious to others, was thought to be higher than the positive of people not unknowingly spreading it to others. I think that if we can really effectively fight the stigma portion of it, that's the best and I think only way that we really can turn this trend around because I it is completely unnecessary for us to go to another year and have again a year of rates being higher than they've ever been before yeah um quick question about so you show let's just say you're positive for something Mm -hmm. going back to click kind of like closing the loop so if you show that you are positive for something but like currently then you go get your your shot or whatever your medicine positive and it's curable just get get yeah antibiotics or whatever and then get retested and we give you a code that's deeply discounted so that you can just do that it's like like, then it just disappears from the app it's tested it's removed you don't have to show any prior um yeah it doesn't matter for from another person's perspective it there's no need for them to know that you once tested positive positive for syphilis if you don't have syphilis now good point Um, you know for you personally you want to know that so that you know there's there are certain links and studies that do link even um, treat, treated uh, STDs, particularly like syphilis, chlamydia, and gonorrhea to infertility and whatnot. But it doesn't matter for that other person. So your history is your own history. We're showing the most recent snapshot in time, and it shows very clearly like the date you were last tested uh, so that people can make the decisions right for them. Now, if you were positive for for uh, herpes or for HIV, it will show that that's positive. And it then, again, it becomes this tool to have that conversation. We have, um, like, when you click into it, there's videos in the app that kind of talk about it. Uh, there's more resources on our other pages and YouTube, uh, and we're building out more and more of those so that people have um, more support when they want to have need to have that conversation. Right. Well, and then this, obviously, is the start of what hopefully will be some sort of revolution, like you said, the rates going down in the future years. So how long has the SAFE app been around, and like, are there other competitors out there? Do you see this becoming more prevalent in the space? Um, so we launched in uh, April and we've been growing very quickly, which is exciting. Um, we have we don't have competitors as far as um, that can do everything that we can do. You know, there are certainly a, there's been a, a, a real boom of uh, sexual health companies in general, which I am such a fan of um, because it's been an vastly overlooked and underserved market for way too long and it still is um you know 
Nurx has done a really great job uh, with birth control and HIMS with um, ED. That's on the pharma side, which is a piece of what we do. Sure. Uh, there's a bunch of at-home testing companies. Um, you've got my lab box, SCD Test Express, um, which is all great uh, and very, very necessary for, you know, enabling more convenient testing. Uh, but there is no one that has done what we were able to do, which is allow anyone to show their verified status, whether they were tested with us, whether they were tested um, anywhere else, so that people can really have this ubiquitous way to have the conversation, whether no matter what they've done, so that they can ask somebody to show their status and there's no excuse not to have it. And that's really the key. You know, we, we market mostly to women and gay men. And with, you know, heterosexual relationships and um, people, it's it's about empowering particularly women, but, but all people to take control of their sexual health and to demand transparency from their partners. And what I always say and what I think is if you're with someone or about to be with someone and you ask to see this and they're not willing to be transparent with you about their sexual health status, why risk it? You know, so it's about, there's a bit of a, a power that comes with that and and it really helps um i think it helps to pave this new way where we don't need to be af- afraid or ashamed about talking about these things or afraid or ashamed about having sex but we do need to protect ourselves uh sex is great it is literally the source of life i think it sex itself is unnecessarily stigmatized um but there are there can be unintended consequences so it's just about being smart about it well, and also, if you have the conversation, you get that out of the way, you find out you're both clean or whatever you are, and you deal with it, then you get to have all the sex. So like, it's kind of the best thing ever, because it reduces anxiety and dating and relationships cause enough of that. Yeah. Sex and anxiety do not go well together. You need to be relaxed during that process and worrying about like, the million things that you can worry about. Let's take one of them off the table, like you're going to be healthy, you're going to be fine. And we totally, this is a necessity for sure. I mean, the stigma around sex and how much sex people have or who they're having sex with is like already, you know, just there's so much judgment around it and being judged based on like, a, a, you know, an outcome of sex or like a byproduct of sex, which could be a disease. It's like, it comes with the territory. Almost everyone's been there. So it, we can just make that a little bit less taboo. Mm-hmm. It's taking all of the discomfort away from something that, and it should be a very comfortable, fun, relaxing situation. But yeah, in the beginning, it's like there's awkwardness with dating, with sex, with all of it. So this is part of the package. Like having this conversation is going to be awkward. There's nobody's denying that, yeah. but this is definitely a little problem. less awkward. And it also, yeah. what I think like, I, what I, one thing that has become really exciting to me is, for me personally, as I've become more comfortable talking about sex because of the nature of my job, I wasn't always in a sex-related you know, company at all. Um, I was, if anything, very much the opposite. Um, but I personally, as I've become much more comfortable talking about it, it has improved not just my sex life, which it has improved, but my life in generally, like across the board in such a really important way. And so I think that if you take that and if people are able to feel a little more comfortable having this part of the conversation, which, look, it doesn't get a lot more awkward than STDs. It just doesn't. We're making it less awkward, for sure. But if you're able to have that conversation, you can also then parlay that into being a little more 
confident and open about having other conversations about sex, whether it's what your preferences are and how you're feeling and, you know, are you having this orgasm? What are you, what do you want? Um, and I think that's as, it's become almost as important to me as, as all the rest of it. Yeah, absolutely. If you can get through like the tough conversations like this, you should be able to be open about other things in your relationship mm-hmm. and, and really get a grasp on good open communication this with your partner. This is for sure a stepping stone to empowering sexual like revolution-esque, I mean, sexual health, but like it's revolutionary sexually too because of that. So that's that's all the kind of stuff that we want to hear and so helpful to our listeners and our fans because this is a very, very, very like sensitive topic and it's a very common topic. So this is very helpful. Everyone here, find the safe app, get on it. Mm-hmm. Put your, you know, educate yourself about what you need to know about if you're worried about if there's anything symptoms or anything you might have. And then you have peace of mind for yourself too on your in your own health. That's invaluable. Of yeah. course, especially because we talked about all those sex trends at the top of the year. So if you're going to engage in any of those from a previous episode, then you should probably get on this and require other people to show it as well. Yeah. So thank you so much, Lauren. Thank you for joining us. Remind everyone where they can find you on the socials and obviously follow the safe app. Absolutely. Um, so you can download the safe app on uh, iOS or Android. Uh, just search the safe app or, or search safe app or uh, the safe sex app. Um, or you can go to safeapp.me. It's S-A-F-E dot N-E. Follow us at the safe app. Follow me at Lauren Weiniger. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Um, and I thank you so much. This has been such a fun conversation and I'm really excited for all the great things to come. We can't wait to hear more about any of this, uh, the safe app and any of the revolutions that you're starting. It's just the beginning. So we think this is awesome and such a great tool for people. And don't forget everyone to tune in next week for an all new episode where we talk more dating and relationshipy stuff with our guest. She's a chef and an author, Alana Horwich, and she was on our show before. So this is a round two with her. Um, and if you would like to join the class of master daters, don't forget to follow us on social media at complicated show or wherever you get your podcast, rate, comment, tell a friend, share, and you can follow me at Lauren Leonelli on all the social meets. And you can follow me at Jennifer Golden on all the social meets as well. And we will talk with you all next week. Love, Love you long time. time. You're listening to It's Complicated with your hosts, Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. 